Hi, and welcome to Drinking with Creatives, where we drown journalists of responsibility in a pool of vodka. My name is Jeremy Berger, a filmmaker and senior editor. And each week I chat with a professional creative and we have a few drinks. I am wildly ignorant about what the hell an NFT is. However, I know a guy who knows at least a few things. So I asked my friend Mike Perry to come on in. We dive into it after discussing some potential podcast spinoffs. And then we say, screw it, and just start asking ourselves about being human. Good, good. Just had, now you just have to clean up all the blow and everything. I got you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was there was just, yeah, just cocaine everywhere. <laughs> I, I haven't slept in months. or You know, what feels like months. It was only two weeks. But <laughs> hours and hours and hours. Just I've been... Actually, the house is spotless, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, if I was doing it, that might say enough right there. It's like, wow, this is really, really, really clean. You were doing <laughs> cocaine for the past two weeks, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. At least, you know, at least the house is clean. Oh, yeah. No, I used to have a, a well, we used to have a roommate. Uh, he would, uh, we're, we're not weed people. Sure. Never have been. Um. But our roommate was, and he would come back, uh, smoke a joint, and then clean the apartment, go into his room, and then record an album. Uh, yeah, no, I'm familiar with that that lifestyle. Oh, I, I I found that incredible. I started buying weed for him at a certain point. It was cheaper than getting a you know a cleaning service in. You know, <laughs> buy some weed. Totally. Buy, totally. Buy some weed. He'll, he'll just no. I mean, I I um I. I mean, the power of marijuana and cleaning is uh, pretty epic. I think that's a that's a true truism in the universe. Wow, I, I never knew. I, uh, I I smoke weed, and you know, the only thing I do is just stare at my fingerprints for hours and wonder how anybody could tell the difference between them. I don't know. You're smoking the wrong weed, Jeremy. I guess. I guess I'm just finding that out too. That there's different strains of it. I never knew this stuff. So Wait, hold on, but this is a drinking show, right? Uh yes, yes, it is. So, so are like, um. You you seem you seem like you have a pretty vast knowledge of beverages. Um, it might be time for you to, you know, go beyond and uh, take this take this show to the uh, marijuana space. Uh, and uh, you know, well, originally I was thinking about doing calling this uh, blow with creatives, but um, <laughs> not a lot of people were willing to be on that show with me. Um, I think it was less about the you know social acceptability of the drug in question and more like do i really want to have a cocaine fueled conversation with jeremy Berger for what will probably be four hours yeah yeah i will say like i definitely um i have i have been in the room with people who uh have had done done too much cocaine and mm -hmm. i can probably get a good kick out of about half an hour and then i think <laughs> i think i'm done i think i could just laugh my face off and just like enjoy the um enjoy the chaos but uh so if, if you're going to do that, it would definitely have to be a shorter podcast. Yes. yes. Like 30 minutes and then tap out. Um, yeah, exactly. And there's like 80 tangents in the middle of it. We'll <laughs> never answer a single question, uh, but we swear that we're going to change the world. It's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> well with creatives coming in 2022, everybody. Uh, unfortunately, wow. I have to leave the house to, uh, to get uh, cocaine. So we're going to need the pandemic to be over. <laughs> okay. Let's. <laughs> I hope you recorded uh, Oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely recording this, and this this is how we're beginning. <laughs> okay, Mike. Before we begin, uh, not that this wasn't in an epic uh, uh, introduction, but could you please tell everybody uh, who we are, what you're, uh, where we can find you, and what you're up to? Um, my name is Mike Perry. I am an artist 
in Brooklyn. Um, I, I guess if I was going to do the handles, I would be at Mike Perry studio on the Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And then just Mike Perry studio is kind of more of my known name. Ultimately, <laughs> there's some other Mike Perry's that I have a competitive relationship, including an MMA fighter who, um, who like, I just think might be the exact opposite of me as a human. So um, yeah, so I'm Mike Perry. I, and I'm, as an artist, I, I do th- very strange things. Um, <laughs> that's not true at all. I do very boring things. I, but I, I make a lot of paintings. I do a lot of drawings. I do a lot of animation. Um, I'm probably most well known for my work with Broad City. Um, a bunch of years ago, I did all of the animated title sequences for the episodes. Um, and then we did a psychedelic mu- mushroom drug trip uh, episode that was half live action, half animated um, that I won an Emmy for, which was pretty sick. Because uh, speaking of drugs, I, uh, my, I, at my acceptance speech on the stage at the, at the award ceremony, I actually thanked mushrooms for my, for my award. Scorpion with creatives coming 2023. First guest, Mike Perry. Um, that's fantastic. I didn't actually know you won an Emmy. Yeah, I got it. I have an Emmy in my, in my uh, back pocket that I pull out every once in a while. Oh, fantastic. It's like just when you're introducing yourself to people, like, hi, I'm Mike. This is my Emmy. You know, I don't, I don't actually do that um, on, the, on the casual. Um, mm-hmm. I save it for my professional uh, situations where I, um, I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's certain signifiers in your existence that uh, someone has vouched for you saying that you're, you're legit. So I feel like, okay, well, that's one of those moments where I was vouched for by society as like a legitimate uh, member of the creative world, whatever bullshit that means. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So we're talking today about NFTs non-fungible tokens and i'm just like and i know this is kind of lit a fire in a bunch of people's uh, asses in the art world uh and i'm curious as to why um okay so you know i'm definitely by no means a professional uh with my knowledge um you know but i try to pay attention to what's happening in the world and see what's going on and and form a form a somewhat educated uh perspective on the situation. So a non-fungible token is a, is a, is an original piece of digital. I'm, I'm going to speak in the context of art and not in the other NFTs because there are other versions of it. Cause like, mm-hmm. anyways, but I'm going to speak, speak to it in the essence of art. It's a, it's an, it's an original digital piece of art mm-hmm. that has a traceable um, history that runs on the blockchain. And the blockchain is probably like ultimately the most controversial part of the whole um, situation. But NFTs, I think ultimately what they're doing um, is two things. I think number one, they're creating a platform for all of the digital native makers that exist in the world. Um, there, there are so many uh, humans alive on this planet that are making things that only exist in a in a digital form and you know that just because comes from for so many reasons as we know technology being the most like 
present reason and the accessibility of technology becoming more and more present allows for more and more creators. And, um, you know, one of the challenges that has always come in the art world is, is how do you make something digitally and then produce it as a physical thing? Um, there are so many different ideas around it and all of it is dedicated to the idea that like the value of art often is just the object itself, the, the you know, you know, obviously there's the history of it being made and, you know, all of those things, but the, the, the value holds, its, holds itself in, in, in the obje object quality of the piece. So all of these digital natives out there that are making very complex, rich, beautiful, our time-consuming, life-consuming uh, pieces, you know, they, there hasn't necessarily been like a platform for them to you know, participate in the same kind of art world of selling originals or selling the original thing. And to me, the benefit, the biggest benefit of the NFT from my point of view right now is to, to give, to, to be able to give value to all of these people who pre this momentary bit of, of, of technology or idea, um, would have to like print it out like or you're like you know you're projecting you're projecting it on a wall and if you want to sell it as a gallery you know the you're like putting it on a dvd and then the gallery's carrying it and you get a dvd and they're like this is my piece of art you know like mm -hmm. or you're you know you're doing a crazy giant 3d print of a 3d environment that you made and that's like you know super expensive and very inaccessible so all of a sudden you know you can be a maker and for instance, I have this um, this guy Isam who I work with a lot. He's a he's like my animation uh, technical director, um, and we've worked together for years. And he makes the most beautiful three D environments. Like in his spare time, he will just build these worlds, like epic worlds that you can walk through, like you can stroll through them. And I and this NFT thing popped into the into the to the vortex and my, I called him first and I was like Isam this is for you this is like you were you're designed for this like how how sick would it be to sell a small world that huh. you built as a digital file that somebody could then you know own and like be able to like it the object is the experience of them being able to walk through those streets and that's the power of these of, of digital technology. And obviously we're doing that and we're giving it away for free on the internet all the time. I mean, right. this is so many people are just like <laughs> the entire internet is just, here's all these things that we've made Blah, free, free, free. You know, it's just like, here's everything. Ah, and you know, that's cool. Um, but our current model that sustains it is like basically, you know, advertising or, I guess it's probably advertising for, for, for a lot of creatives or like how things play out if you make things digitally is like someone else paying you to make it then they put it on the internet, right? So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden this provides an opportunity for the, the maker to say like, you know what, I made this beautiful digital thing that I believe in and I would like to be able to see if I can sell it to make some money. Okay, so... When I first heard about this, and, and, and this is less of a question, more of an observation on my part, I just want to know your like your take on it, uh, whether or not it changed the status of not or or, or not. Um, 
when I first heard about NFT in relation to art, my first idea was somehow, uh, is there a way to like protect the artist and the art from less copying, but maybe like represent misrepresentation in a form they don't want, like Pepe the Frog, the famous cartoon frog that got. Uh, yeah, but I don't think we, we don't we don't have control over images like in that sense. It, it, it's it, like there's too many people to to be able to that can decide if something means something if they want. Imp, 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 implied value from populaces are is very um, it takes over. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so no protection whatsoever, unfortunately, because now that I mean you know we have all kinds of I mean like obviously our 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 laws our legal laws are. Um, dedicated america specifically is very very supportive of creativity and copyright laws and protection of of uh, intellectual assets Mm. um the nft world are you asking about that specifically do i know about that like well i'm just i was just wondering if it offers any kind of additional level because i also know that the artist himself received a great deal of flat because everyone assumed that he was aligned with uh the white supremacy movement that that had co-opted his image Oh like, yeah, no, I know Matt Fury. Matt, Matt's a really he's a sweet guy. He he just that's a bummer for him. It was a bummer. Um, it's just like something that he you know made and believed in, and I mean you know, you know like like images. I mean the the internet is weird and memes are crazy, and I I, I definitely I don't know. I mean one of the things that I as an artist I really have to embrace when I make something is that. Once it's once I put it in, into the world, it's kind of no longer mine. It's it has, it's just gonna it's it's mine like as a because I made it and all of that kind of magicalness. But like it has, it just starts to travel through time and space and history and these things just imbue meaning. Like if you like go to a thrift store and like dig through a pile of frames and you pick up a painting and you take it home and you put it on your wall and then you know, you have kids and then they have grandkids, they have kids. And then those grandkids see that image on the wall and then they take it to their future home as like a family heirloom. It's like, you know, that, that, that's how, that's how things, that's how images. And I think objects often travel through time unless they get thrown away or burnt or destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, one of the the complexities and interesting ideas about this, um, about the NFT thing is, is you know, it, it and actually one of my I was ha- I had a conversation with a friend the other day about this and he think he was saying that it's not doesn't work like I thought it worked. I initially thought that the NFT thing was that the um, that this this so basically like the way that when you sell a piece of art with a gallery like mm-hmm. in a physical space you are, the artist and the gallery split the split split it fifty fifty. That's the idea. It's been that way forever. I'm sure there are lots of ballers out there that renegotiate and pull off crazier deals, but like, that's the gist. And, um, and this NFT thing has been presented in a really interesting way, which is that like, basically the, the platform takes 20% and the artist takes 80%. And then what's cool about the, the idea is that from there, every time the piece sells, you, the artist would then get a cut of, of that additional sale, which, um, which is very, very like unheard of. Like if I sold a piece to a friend and then they sold it to a friend, like that friend is not going to cut me a check and say like, Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the piece. Um, but the technology 
and the platforms are providing that kind of that kind of option. I did hear though that yesterday or the day before that it sounds like if you move an NFT from one platform to another platform, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that contract is void. And oh, I think yeah. that that's a huge bummer because if that's the, if that's true, and you know, um, hopefully someone will, we can fact check this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I'm not saying it's true, but but this is these are the things that I'm learning, and I think so much of this conversation is so abstract, and people are figuring it out and like on the fly trying to understand it. I mean, so who, who knows? But the the appeal of the the original appeal was like, how amazing is it to make a digital object because everyone uses the word perpetuity in talking about this kind of stuff, right? Like this thing is going to live forever. Like there is, it is not going away. And the, and the, the kind of sexy idea of the transaction of the NFT to me originally was like, holy shit. So like, okay, so that means that if I sell something and I get 80% and then it sells in five years and then it sells in 10 years and it sells in a hundred years and it sells in a thousand years, like, my estate can just keep making money off that. Um, yes. It seems it seems a little bit like that may be a little bit of a, 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 a an untrue um, reality of the situation. So, so it's almost like royalties in a strange way. It's definitely royalties, absolutely. Crazy, crazy. Because like you know, again, like you're saying, if you if somebody can remain on that same platform and sell, that means that years after your death, children can still be collecting it. Uh, I don't know if Bing Crosby had any kids, but I'm sure they're getting a monthly check. Um, now, is this something that's – I also kind of wonder about a bubble aspect of this because I did read recently about a controversy involving uh, the Basquiat estate. Yeah, tell me about that. I didn't, I didn't read that. I'm actually just re- like pulled it up right now, but apparently a drawing – uh, by Basquiat had been withdrawn from an auction after it was discovered that the seller did not possess a license or rights to the work. Uh, so yeah, somebody was trying to create an NFT off of a piece of work that they didn't own. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I mean, I, this, and this goes back to your conversation question about copyright, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, copyright on, a, in a, on an international level is even more complicated. So I, I definitely, I mean, I, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've talked to some, some smart people about this stuff and it just seems like this copyright situation is still a little bit TBD. <laughs> <laughs> like how it's all going to play out. So, um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, it seems crazy and, you know, it, you know, I think the, to me, what I like about it is less the, to be honest, I think is less the technology and the way mm-hmm. that technology is being used and more the conceptual idea that, um, okay, so for instance, I have a friend who's a musician and mm. like I, my first thought when the when NFTs kind of came to light, I was like, oh my God, he is somebody that I collaborate with all the time. He's a, he's an artist. I'm an artist. We should do a, an audio visual collaboration and mm. make something that is like one of a kind, but it's, uh, it's music and visuals and how fun it would be to just make some art with him uh, as an artist and sell them as art. And, you know, I think that the, again, this is all about like the power of digital, digital making and how so much of the creative world, you know, not 
obvious for, for from the beginning of time until what like uh 30 years ago 20 years ago uh-huh. <laughs> everything was by hand everything was like humans making like like on paper so tactile so physical blah 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 mm-hmm. and you know we've transformed from a, from a society of of that to now so many again digital natives like people who um you know don't keep sketchbooks but draw on their ipads like there's no original document like i have you know i have my years and years of sketchbooks on my scalp on my shelf like that's those are that's a physical thing but people have that same content it's just being stored and and accessed in different ways obviously just as a complete sidebar but i heard once that uh since we're talking about the shift between mediums here being like you say like you know on uh, in a sketchbook, moving over to a digital frame, digital uh, representation. That's something only like fifty percent ever makes it through an initial interchange between two different mediums. So if you're going from like paper or uh, paper over to digital, or honestly even DVD over to digital, only half ever make it through, and the other half are always left by the wayside. You mean like the the bits? Or just like just uh, the content itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and like yeah. that's that's true for almost like anything. Like even if you're talking about from like VHS over to DVD, totally. only half the movies ever made it over. Yeah, um, no the the idea of the original is very very powerful, very uh, evocative. You know, like you have the thing, the original thing. You know, um, so whether or not you can hold it in your hands or not. Yeah, but you can though. You know, it's so funny because my Anna, my you know, you know Anna. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my partner in life uh she she's always like who would buy one of those things and then go to a dinner party and show them your phone and i'm like anna literally every party you go to every time you interact with somebody they're like let me show you something on my phone it's the same exact thing except that you can say i own this and you're like great good job go you i mean which was which is crazy because that means i could just open my dropbox and just be like yo i own this 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 Maybe I should start selling from my Dropbox uh, files uh, on the street to see if I can sell some straight up files on the on the market. Yeah, see, I'm almost like a little interested in what kind of NFTs people are going to. Because you, you were talking about your friend who creates digital worlds. Yeah. Can you imagine what would happen if you and him got involved in making NFT for virtual reality? Yeah, I mean, I think you know this is one of the you know again another one of the case studies is like who would buy this stuff? It's like, uh, yeah, pe- kids on Fortnite are like buying Nike outfits. Like, come on, y'all! Like, uh, everyone, people, like, there's no. It's very strange that we we are investing in this digital universe, and um, but it, but we are, and you know, even this conversation is just an example of this you know, a digital transaction happening over ones and zeros through space, you know, it's like, um, we, you know, we are, we've obviously gone deep into this down the vortex of, of, of computers and, and what, what they're going to do. There's no going back at this point. So, you know, listen, I, I think everyone should go outside. Um, like you and I should not be talking on a, on a computer. It's, we live like probably like five, 10 minutes away from each other. And, uh, <laughs> and it is sunny outside, but, but, you know, the, the, you know, the, the record is, is not the same. So, you know, listen, everyone should, you know, like I would say, listen, give some mad props to some digital artists out there. Like there are, there are humans that are spending the most ludicrous amount of hours 
building, making just completely insane digital creations. And, you know, like if you, if you got some cash and you want to do it, go for it, support them. Also like, just, you know, remember that, you know, there's people that are just in their studios making crazy paintings for the same exact insane reasons Mm -hmm. and they need love too. And so go support them. I mean, artists, I think like, to me, like I love buying art. It's like my favorite thing, obviously as an artist, I have a lot of empathy for the, (laughs) the the world and existence of, of, of an artist, but to me, like in our, in our capitalist society, like there, it's like the most pure example of like, um, of basically just if like one-to-one transactions to keep something that you're excited about going, you know, like, yes, you're taking home an asset, but really what you're doing is investing in that creative person to just make something more. Which by the way, isn't that also another avenue for creatives to which for creatives to be able to uh continue on which is crowdsourcing oh yeah absolutely yeah i don't i don't quite i i don't i've i actually had some 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 success some success with kickstarter and crowdsourcing in um in like 2012 um but i haven't i haven't really gone down that path for many years but it was cool i i did um i did a um in, in the neighborhood on on Dean Street, Dean between Classen and Franklin here in mm-hmm. Crown Heights, Brooklyn, just to get hyper specific, y'all. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, we we like I raised thirty two thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and we we rented a an old warehouse and we rented it for three months. I wrote a check to the landlord for twenty six thousand dollars. Amazing and scary. Um, <laughs> And we got the space for three months and we cleaned it up and we built walls and we had like a community event space, exhibition space. Um, we had like a bunch of different shows. We had dance performances, movie nights. It was, it was super fun. Um, and again, like that was an amazing example of like just basically a community coming together to say like, you know what, we would be, we want this to happen. We're into this. We, we, this would be cool. And, you know, and we made it happen. And I think, you know, I think that's one of my most real lessons from the pandemic is like how I just think like for, for you just think that maybe the government is just going to keep everything running and it's going to just be okay because you've just grown up in a system where you're like, it's just working everything's working. And then, you know, things start to not work and you're like, oh shit, okay. I can't just rely on the government. I need to step it up. And I like, if I don't want to see trash on the, on the block, like, well, guess what? I should probably pick up the trash. Like, really? Do I just think like, nah, someone else will pick it up? You know, no, this is what we're doing. And I think, you know, all of these things like kind of come back to the idea of like that we have to just, you know, support locally uh, these systems of, of community that, that are like about coming together, like, you know, being together, improving each, our, our lives together um, and just prospering as a, as, a, as, a, as a city, as a neighborhood, as a community. God, that's awesome. <laughs> no, um, Jeremy, you don't know who anything. You don't know anything about me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a deep, I'm a deep hippie. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's it, like, honestly, and it's kind of funny when I'm going to be airing this episode the week before and I, I have this guy, Sean Dunn on, and we just 
freely talk about uh, psychedelia. So many, many of my listeners are gonna be like, "Did has something happened to Jeremy? Has has is is he okay?" Yeah, the sun's out. It's called springtime. You're excited <laughs> about the world. It's true. It's true. Actually, yeah, it was funny. I was talking about that to Renee earlier today, and uh, I was saying I was like, "Wow, for the first time since high school, I'm excited for summer because usually I hate summer, but now I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to leave my house." Um, yeah. <laughs> Ask me about my existence as a, as a human. And you know what? I like that idea. Let's talk about you as a human. Uh, and also, I feel like if we keep referring to ourselves as humans, people are going to start developing doubts if we're actually human or not. And I like keeping that doubt in their minds, fellow humans. Uh, I will tell you, if I was a robot, I would be the most complex uh, robot creation on the planet. So I, I feel like there's no way that um, anyone could program this, uh, this complex complexity that's going on in, in this uh, and this one being, and I'm going to guess that all of you all feel the exact same way. It's true. It's true. I, uh, I know maybe one person who could program me, but, uh, uh, you know, we shouldn't talk about that because uh, that person then you in the room? The evil uh, <laughs> I can't say anything right now. Uh, <laughs> Mike, tell me about you as a human being. Well, that's that's such a broad question, Jeremy. You need to like you got to be a better better oh, podcast host. Okay, either. you're you're got you're goddamn right. You know what? Call me on my shit, uh, Mike. Tell me about you as an artist, <laughs> Jeremy. That's the same question. I know. <laughs> it was a trick question too. Uh, tell Jeremy, me, Jeremy, about- what, what what are you drinking right now? Because you this is a supposedly a drinking thing. Are you drinking right now? Or are you? Oh, drinking? I'm actually drinking some homebrew. Some homebrew. So you are. You are at home brewing things uh, on the reg, and now you're reaping the benefits of the brewing. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you do anything special? Any kind of like uh, floral, uh, um, fruit-filled, flavor, fantastical, um, uh, fetish finge? (laughs) I mean, I brewed it wearing fishnets. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's honestly just a pretty standard uh, pale ale, like West Coast style pale ale. Um, always enjoyed it. Uh, you know, got a little bit of fruitiness from the hops, but as otherwise like pale and crisp. Um, I thought I, no, go sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's a, uh, it's a keg I actually uh, tapped uh, the other day. I've got uh, one more keg of it uh on the uh on the docket and then after that i got a stone ipa clone uh that's uh that's that's seven percent so i gotta be careful with that one because i gotta be careful with that seven percent yeah 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 that gets me into trouble um (laughs) well we we've uh i have um i have a a, like a, a, a i have a podcast also um oh i didn't know that because it's not real um but it is real i so so I um I I bought a bunch of podcast gear. I bought like a little sound mixer board, and I bought some some microphones. Um, and on Thursday nights for the entire year of the pandemic, my friend Michael has been coming over to the front stoop, and we basically just drink whiskey and uh, hang out. And then I bought the I bought all the gear around um, around the holidays, and. We were going through the winter. It was cold, and we were like kind of talking about wanting to do a podcast. And then this uh, this neighbor kid, who's uh, sixteen, Lionel, started hanging out, popping over and saying hi. And we were talking about it one day, and he's like, "I was like, I don't know how to use any of this gear." And he was like, "Oh, I got you. I'll 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 come run the run the boards." 
Uh-huh. So for six weeks now, every Thursday, um, we've been doing a podcast on the on the stoop. It's called uh, Mike, Mike and what is it called? Mike, Mike and Michael, Mike, I don't know, some sort of Michael combination on the parkway. I should I should learn the name if I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but um, but it's been really fun. And it's definitely like uh, I'm trying to understand like this world where like, again, like there are just piles of humans just recording themselves, mm-hmm. sharing conversations. Like, what is it all like? What like what is the ultimate outcome of this bananas amount of content being uploaded to the uh, internet brain of like random ass people having conversations about random ass shit? Like, and why do we all feel so compelled about it? I mean, it, are we just? that self-centered universe where we just like we think we're so interesting that we all want to just talk and share and someone else will be interested or is it about fame is it about is it about the archive is it like you know and so my question for you as like a as a podcaster Mm -hmm. like like why do you do this okay that's a great question i started doing this uh during the pandemic uh, I've had uh, several friends uh, who for, for years, uh, you know, have been saying, hey, you should do a podcast because, you know, you, you, you do the speak good. And um, you do have well, a you do have like an a, like a perfectly Internet friendly voice. Oh, yeah. I kind of wish I was more into jazz because I would be a killer like light jazz radio station host. <laughs> Up next, give it, time. Have, give it time, Jeremy. Give it time. Up next, we have uh, we have Dave Brubeck. Uh, he's going to take five with us. After which, we're going to listen to some Charles Mingus. But first, a word from our sponsor. Yeah, oh, I'd yes, be great. Please. Yes, please. I would listen to that. I listen to I listen to W. What's the What's the New York station? Eighty-eight point three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, they have the best hosts. You would crush. You would crush. Crush on that. I, I, I will send them my. I will send them my uh, my resume. Um, <laughs> But no, I just started doing this because, like, I, I, I was uh, uh, Renee and I were wrapping up a documentary feature. We were imposed on, do- on a documentary feature and kind of like trying to imagine what our next project was going to be. But we couldn't do anything about any of the projects anyway because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, so, you know, uh, going a little crazy there for a little bit uh, because usually keep in mind before the pandemic, I, I was a bit of a homebody to begin with. You know, I used to, you know, get along with everybody else, like joking about how canceling plans was awesome and leaving the house is overrated. And now I look back on that. I'm like, no, I'm going to do all, I'm going to do the exact opposite moving forward. There is not going to be a plan I make. I don't keep, and I am going to spend so little time in my own house. Um, but seems, I just, it seems doubtful. I think I have a feeling people, everyone's just going to fall back into their, uh, normal rituals and routines and i don't know if that's a bad thing i think what's hopefully will be nice about it is that like those rituals and routines will be flourished with random moments of of like oh yeah and then because you are out and you're like oh my god i'm out in the world and this is actually great and then i'm gonna go back home and i'm gonna chill and it's gonna be sick <laughs> maybe honestly i don't i i'm kind of interested in reading the book about this time frame that's got to come out in like 10 years Oh my God. Yes. Because I, I have no idea. Like I was talking about this uh, earlier today, you know, de Blasio is telling us that we're going to be back to normal by July 4th weekend. And I just looked at Renee. I'm like, what the hell does normal mean? Well, also Fox news said that um, apparently uh, uh, that um, 4th of July has been canceled. So, you know, 
Oh. We, got, we got contradictory messages about the about the world. Which ones? Which ones happening? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I got some. Got I am some like, fun. I'm like, Fourth of July is going to be sick. I'm going to have a barbecue, and we're going to be outside, and we're going to have a great time. And <laughs> I'm going to shoot some fireworks off, and I'm going to be that asshole that does that because here we are. Hey, there you go. I, for one, I'm looking forward to being out only because the dog loses his mind during fireworks. But yeah, no, the dogs lose their mind and they should because it's very loud and everyone hates it and we should all not do it, but everyone will do it anyway. So that's yeah, that's fair. But no, I just started doing this because in the beginning, it was some, a way to like re-engage with people in a way that I kind of almost feel more comfortable with than just like calling them and just seeing, hey, what's going on? Sure. Um. And then it very quickly evolved after the first couple of episodes. Uh, it was just like an idea. I was like, okay, what can I do? Because like all my podcast ideas have always been on like, because like the radio lab side of things or, you know, like do a the most production ever. Oh yeah. Well, that's just it. Like I was looking, I was like, there's no way I would never get a single episode done because I'm also like, a, you know, professional editor. So like I'll yeah. sit down with something and dissect it and go through it like a hundred times. And I was like, I don't need to create an unpaying job for myself. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe you do though. So. But funny and well, no, <laughs> funny. The funny thing is, I already I, I was doing that on the side anyway. We still haven't been paid for that documentary. Um, but it very quickly became a way to a listen more. I, I I definitely developed listening skills that I otherwise would not have had. Mm. Um, and after the first couple of episodes, uh, my speech started changing. I started mm -hmm. noticing how many uhs and ums and ahs and it. So when you ask about like the end sum total of recording what might otherwise seem like, I don't want to say meaningless, but let's, let's, let's just say, you know, random conversation we have. It's almost I think, like, I think random is okay. I don't think it's, I don't think meaningless is, is irrelevant, is relevant. I think randomness is true. Fair yeah, enough. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. No, 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 no worries. No worries. But you know, it's almost like, this is the sketchbook. Right? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's fucking bananas. Yeah, like we like we as a as a species, like you know, I like we because you know, like I, I I'm you know I, I I will say I am an optimist, so I always try to do look for the, like the the positive sides of things, and I think like you know everyone has so much hate on social media, and you know it's like there's obviously plenty of things to hate about it, but on the flip side, there's like basically almost every human on the planet is currently diary is like journaling. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's fucking sick. Like I, as a human who has journaled from his entire life, um, as it, it's incredible, I find it to be incredibly important. And, and like, obviously, you know, there are people that do it at different levels, but you know, the way that we as a society, like remember our own, our own future unrelated to generations in the past is to be able to have access to things that we've made, things that we've created that we can then use to harness those memories of that time place that that, that that moment that we were in and we need I, I personally think we need artifacts um and i i use my artifacts like my sketchbooks and my journals as like time travel devices to be able to go to other spaces other places of other head spaces where i have i've had different memories or i've had different thoughts that that are completely formative of who i am but also so past that they feel foreign huh. it's almost like we're helping out the, the futures archaeologists i like that yeah absolutely 
we are definitely, I mean, honestly, I had this thought um, at the beginning of the pandemic where I was like, if the idea of the, um, the singularity was going to come ever closer to true truth, it would be during now. Because I think like the amount of inf- the, the data dump of emotional, of, of emotions, of just purely this, the, if, if, if the, if the <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. If the if the if the singularity was going to have an emotional center and it needed a lot of information to learn what it was to be uh, to what what humanity was, this year provided a lot of digital content around the idea of what a human is that could be used for the greater like you know a greater conscious that I, that that I honestly I like thought like holy shit like if I was an AI right now. I would be paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that might actually be happening and we wouldn't even know. No, of course not. We would have no idea. Oh, that's a terrifying thought. Terrifying. No, it's, I, 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 you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, maybe robots are going to be scary, but um, I just, I, I feel like the, you know, maybe the, t- this is again, I'm going to stay optimistic and I'm going to just hopefully die before it gets too crazy. But, um, you know, like, uh, like hopefully we just, we like, we like, we develop these things, we make mistakes and we learn from them and we just keep evolving and we're, we're already evolving using technology full time. So like, there's no reason why we can't continue to evolve and use technology as part of this evolutionary step that we are currently on and and are going to continue to be on for uh until our species is gone so theoretical question for you yes if the technology were to open up for you to download your brain would you or upload uh, excuse me upload upload oh you mean to like live forever yes as a artificial thing absolutely i would do that in a heartbeat. excellent would you file an nft on that on your own consciousness uh, is that like when Bart Simpson sold his soul to Millhouse? Uh, <laughs> is, that the, is, that the, is that the same same reference? Yes, let's go with it. Let's go with it. It was not <laughs> what I was originally thinking, but I'm more than happy to have it as a reference. Uh, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I don't think I would sell. I mean, that would be bonkers. Like, I, if I if my consciousness was on um, some sort of like uh, system system mm-hmm. that knew it was it was a conscious being, there would be no way that I would ever think that selling my consciousness to somebody else for the highest price would be relevant i'm i would be like holy fuck i'm just now i'm just going to dig into existence okay so last question uh uh, with the risk of accidentally retreading some ground here it's just you know with our conversation oh no no well no not necessarily about (laughs) nfts i feel like i feel like we covered nfts okay no but um uh, I, 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 and I think I did this in another podcast. This might actually be a podcast regular question because I, I, I find it's both uh, entertaining and popular. Uh, I've been taking a look at words recently. Uh, it's just something like weird and fun that I do. I like words. I like words. <laughs> well, no, like I, I, I especially attracted to inter- words that are uh, subconsciously interchangeable. We, we mix them up all the time and are not quite sure what the difference is. Uh, and in this sure. context, uh, the, the one that I stumbled across recently um, was uh, because I, I, I w- during the pandemic, I was trying to be like a, a, a smarmy, you know, uh, uh, witty guy uh, because I'd, I'd ask people like, hey, how's your apocalypse going? You know, hey, uh, your Armageddon treating you well, that kind of thing. Just, you know, to be uh, to be cute. And then everybody just 
laughs at me. It's fine. But at one point of doing these, I kind of said, wait a second. I keep on using Armageddon and Apocalypse. Um, and I don't know what the difference between the two words is. Let me go take a look at that. So uh, Armageddon is legit the end of the world. Uh, a Hebrew word uh, referencing the battle at the hill of Megiddo, I believe. I'm probably slaughtering that pronunciation, but that's what that's where, the, where that word comes from. I'm going to avoid that spot. <laughs> Let's avoid. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a legit hill in, in Israel, I think. Sure. Um, apocalypse, however, does not necessarily mean the end of the world. It's co-opted, uh, especially by Western uh, religions uh, for that purpose. But it's actually a Greek word, which means uh, to unveil, with the context being that there is a greater truth beneath. So, Mike... How is your apocalypse going this year? What great truth have you uncovered? Oh, man. Um, oh, man, it's been a year of discovery. So, um, but also it's been a lifetime of discovery. So um, I have discovered that I am a transcendent being that doesn't belong in one space. I think that's the, or doesn't, doesn't, isn't defined by, by one space or one thing or one idea. Um, and I feel like that, that seems, seems good. I think it's, uh, I'm, you know, I, that, and I, also my favorite, my favorite thing to just really hum in on right now is just like the reality of, of our brains and how like, I'm, I barely know myself. How can I think that I would ever have any idea who anybody else was and how like, um, how I'd like try to use that and like embrace that from a point of empathy and, um, and just like roll with the fact that like humans are complex and, and I'm so grateful to be surrounded by them. <laughs> That's that, that would be the, the, the takeaway I think probably. Thanks Mike. For more from Mike, please visit mikeperrystudio.com. For this episode and more, please head to drinkingwithcreatives.com and please support us there on our Patreon. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform. My name is Jeremy Berger. I hope you're well. We'll see you next time.